Blog Talk Radio. listening to the live internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. I am your book of Revelation research scientist and this is PGN, Prophetic Grace Network. We are talking about the Bible and unlocking the secrets in the book of Revelation. I invite you to listen live at 9 a.m. Central and at 8 a.m. Central and 9 a.m. Eastern, we are talking this month, the month of July, about the seven plagues prophecy. And today, we're going to hear scripture from the seven plagues prophecy, which begins with Revelation, verse 1 of chapter 15, and it ends with the last verse of Revelation, chapter 16. So the seven plagues prophecy, one of 12 statements of prophecy one of 12 visions John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven. The seven plagues prophecy appears in Revelation chapters 15 and 16. If you'd like the one-page basic study notes, they are available for free. Everything at PGN is always free. The basic one-page study notes are available for you at blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic so you can see uh, the scripture and verse for this statement of prophecy, as well as key words, key phrases, key numbers, uh, and other information that might be of interest and certainly of use to you as you study and learn about the book of Revelation. Today, our focus is on the great tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan versus the wrath of God. Let me say it this way. Today, our focus is on Comparing and contrasting the wrath of God with the wrath of Satan. The wrath of Satan with the wrath of God. Now let's get some context for timing. The wrath of Satan is the great tribulation. It is discussed in the 666 Antichrist prophecy in Revelation chapter 13, it's discussed in the 1,260 days prophecy in Revelation chapter 12, and it's discussed in the seven trumpets prophecy. Let's take a look at a few of those scriptures. So sometimes people talk about a seven-year tribulation, and certainly there is a seven-year period but the seven-year period refers to Daniel's 70th week. It's the last seven years of 490 years in Daniel's prophecy. Revelation, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 9. So what am I saying here? 
Let's be clear on the wrath of Satan, which is the great tribulation. How long is it? How long is it? So in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, it says, Revelation chapter 13, verse 5, the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. 42 months. Now, how long is 42 months? Seven years would be 84 months. Seven times 12 is 84. But here we're told in the 666 Antichrist prophecy that the period where the beast, who's the beast? That's the Antichrist. The period where the Antichrist will be allowed to speak great blasphemies against God and given authority to do whatever he wanted. So this is the period where the Antichrist as the mouthpiece and leader of the Ten Nation Alliance that dominates economic and political affairs prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. During Daniel's 70th week, during the final seven years leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, to the return of Jesus Christ, he will be here on this present earth when, at the end of Daniel's 70th week, at the end of a seven-year period, during that seven-year period, the Antichrist will be given authority for how long? It says, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. So 42 months is half of seven years, which is three and a half years. So it's very clear here in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, that's Revelation chapter 13, that the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation, is not seven years. It's three and a half years. Now, you might say, well, that's just one scripture. One scripture is enough for me, but in case... In case people were maybe going to miss it, we have it in many places. So in the book of Revelation, the length of the wrath of Satan, the Great Tribulation, is noted in several places. Now let us look at Revelation chapter 12, the 1,260 days prophecy. So here it says, Going to Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. So what's this all about here? This is the end of the prophecy where there's a report of what is happening in the nation of Israel to the Jewish people who are worshiping our one God in their rebuilt temple. So they will be worshiping our one God when the temple is rebuilt on the Temple Mount in Israel. So the second temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. by Roman soldiers. Well, let's fast forward. 170 A.D., 270, 370. Let's just jump ahead to 
1770. 1870, 1970. Okay, now we're getting to a place where maybe uh, some people can remember. 1970, uh, now we're going to fast forward to 1980, when the confirmation of the covenant referenced in Daniel, where that will happen, what is it? It's a treaty. It's a document. A document that will give the green light to the nation of Israel, which supernaturally came back together in 1948. It will give the nation of Israel the green light to rebuild its temple in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. In the days, shortly thereafter, what, am I, what do I mean by that? Once the temple has been rebuilt, now you might say, well, how long is that going to take? I don't know. I don't see in the Bible where it tells us whether that it will take them a month or three months or a year. But once they have the green light, that will happen. The blueprints have been drawn up. The uh, furniture has been purchased. There have been many, many preparations. Uh, we await the green light, the confirmation of the covenant, which is uh, going to come to pass very shortly. When that happens, the Antichrist, the beast, once the temple is rebuilt, he will stand in it at a certain point. And he will declare that he is God. And he will say that he's bringing peace, not only to Israel, but to the world. And the way that he's going to do that counterintuitively is he's going to destroy the Jewish people who are in Israel, worshiping another God. So not him. They will be worshiping our one God Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. He gave himself a human form so that he could serve as our mediator and reconcile us to himself, reconcile us to our Father God. And when we find and follow his plan for salvation, he sends his Holy Spirit to reside within us. Yet, that's the great mystery referred to in Timothy, the great mystery of the Godhead. God and Jesus Christ are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. So they will be worshiping our one God. Yet the Antichrist will declare that he's God. Satan will use the Antichrist and the false prophet to deceive the world, all who belong to this world. And when war is waged against Israel, Satan will not succeed through uh, his efforts with the Antichrist and the false prophet, despite the fact that the Antichrist will grow in power over this 42-month period, over this three-and-a-half-year period. So at a certain point, one of the tactics of Satan is to attempt to destroy Israel with a flood, but it fails. You say, when is this? This is during the period of the Great Tribulation. So here we are 
in verse 17. And the dragon was angry at the woman, who's the woman, Israel, and declared war against the rest of her children. Who's that? Those of us who have been grafted in. The wild olive branch. Who's that? We're told right here in the Bible. All who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. So the war is extended beyond the Jewish people who are worshiping our one God in the rebuilt temple to include Christians everywhere. So this all happens during the Great Tribulation. Now, we're in Revelation chapter 12 for the purpose of discovering the length of the wrath of Satan. In verse 6 of this same chapter, Taking us a little bit back in time to the beginning of this great tribulation period, it says, And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Why does God have to uh, give the woman a place to care for her for 1,260 days? Because... He chooses to do that because 1,260 days is the period of the wrath of Satan. 1,260 days is exactly 42 30-day periods, 42 months, three and a half years. So the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation 13, tells us about what happens with the war on Christians during the Great Tribulation. Revelation chapter 12 tells us what happens to those who are worshiping our one God in the rebuilt temple in Israel, what happens to uh, the biological descendants of Abraham and Sarah who are in Israel during the Great Tribulation. So it's very clear that the Great Tribulation is indeed... 1,260 days. It's not uh, 2,520 days, which would be seven years, 84 30-day periods. No, it's 1,260 days. Okay, so we have clarity on that. Uh, Let's get a third place. Just to confirm the length of the wrath of Satan Now, you might say, well, I think it should be seven years. I don't. (laughs) You know, I wish it was 30 days. But it's not seven years. It's not 30 days. Maybe I wish it was zero days. I'm going to refine my wish. Uh, But, in fact, we don't decide. We go to the Bible to find out what is true. Let's look one more place, Revelation chapter 11. Now, during the Great Tribulation, the two witnesses will give testimony for Jesus Christ. They'll use plagues to destroy their enemies. When are they doing this? Again, during the Great Tribulation. Well, for how long will they do it? Let's hear Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. John the Revelator says, Then I was given a measuring stick, and I was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar, and count the number of worshipers. But do not measure the outer courtyard for it has been turned over to the nations so what are we talking about here we're talking about the rebuilt temple today 
July 20th of 2023, it does not exist. But, but in our future, this has already happened. So what's going to happen in the soon coming future? The temple, the third temple will be rebuilt. And it says here, it has been turned over to the nations. Now think about this. The temple is rebuilt for the Jewish people to worship our one God, Jehovah. God the Father gave himself a human form, Jesus Christ, so he could reconcile sinners like you and me to himself. And when we find and follow his plan for salvation, he sends his Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of us. So we are the temple in that way of the living God. And the great mystery of the Godhead is this. The Lord thy God is one. Says there's just the one God. There's just the one God. But he is amazing and wonderful, omniscient, omnipotent, and omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere. Now, what about... The temple, if it has been rebuilt, and it will be, for the Jewish people to worship our one God, why is it turned over to the nations? The nations have their own temples and churches and mosques because the Antichrist will stand in it and declare that he is God, and he is the leader of the nations. The nations of the world who have bought into the one world religion, promoted by the harlot church described in the purple and scarlet prophecy in Revelation 17, 18, and 19. Now, let's continue here in Revelation 11. They will trample the holy city for 42 months. Who's that? The nations for 42 months. So remember, 42 months is mentioned in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. But here already in Revelation chapter 11, before we even get to it, God's talking about the Great Tribulation. What's going to happen with the temple during the Great Tribulation? And then he says in verse 3, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap, and will prophesy during those 1,260 days. So in case... In case someone would maybe think 42 months is not the same as 1,260 days. You might say, Professor Thomas, it's not the same. 1,260 days and 42 months, um, close but not the same. Well, right here in the Bible, according to the math that uh, God has given for John the Revelator to communicate, it says they will trample the holy city for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap and will prophesy during those 1,260 days, indicating that the 42 months is 1,260 days. And so as you may have heard many uh, Bible enthusiasts share, the Bible confirms itself. When you get in it long enough, you see that what's shared in one place is shared in another place. Why? What's on the mind and heart of God continues to be the same. 
his second coming, the battle of Armageddon, the new earth, his forever family, the bride of Christ. Okay, so we have established using scripture, looking at the seven trumpets prophecy, Revelation chapter 11, looking at the 1,260 days prophecy, Revelation 12, and the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation chapter 13, that the great tribulation is 42 months, which is three and a half years. The wrath of Satan is a time of great tribulation for whom? Who is the target of the anger and the rage of Satan, and therefore by extension, the Antichrist and the false prophet, his flunkies? The great tribulation, the wrath of Satan is a time of great distress, great tribulation for those who are team Jesus. The Great Tribulation is not a time of great distress for those who are team Satan. The Great Tribulation is a time of great distress for those who are team Jesus. You say, well, uh, Professor Thomas, research scientist, how in the world can the Great Tribulation be a time of great distress for believers, when we're going to be raptured out of here before then. I don't see that, friend and truth seeker. I don't see that. I want to take you to what the Bible shares with us in Revelation 20, in the millennial reign prophecy, after the return of Jesus Christ, after the first resurrection, John the Revelator is talking about what has happened reflecting on what he sees and he shares in revelation chapter 4 revelation i'm sorry revelation chapter 20 verse 4 verse 4 of revelation 20 john's talking about a group a subgroup of people who are now on this present earth in perfected, glorified, immortal bodies. So after the first resurrection, every person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we will be here on this present earth in a physical, tangible body, three in one. So whether we're here at the time of the second coming or whether we're residing in present heaven as a disembodied spirit and soul, two in one instead of three in one, either way, at the time of the second coming, we will put on our glorified, incorruptible, immortal bodies. So John the Revelator, after the second coming, at the beginning of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth, he's talking about a subgroup of believers who have been resurrected. Which subgroup? Specifically, the believers who are here during the time of the wrath of Satan, in other words, during the Great Tribulation, and who lose their lives because 
during the Great Tribulation, they are witnessing for Jesus Christ. They refuse to bow down to the statue commissioned by the false prophet, the statue of the Antichrist. They refuse to bow down to it, and they refuse the mark of the beast on their foreheads, and they refuse the mark of the beast on their hands. Let's hear it. Revelation 20, verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue. Let's pause there. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue. He says, those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and proclaiming the word of God. Well, beheadings have been happening for a long time. That could be referring to people at any time, right? Any time after the death of Jesus Christ. So that's insufficient for us to know specifically who John the Revelator is talking about. But then, then great specificity is provided. And it says in the middle of verse 4 of Revelation 20, they had not worshipped the beast or his statue. In the 666 Antichrist prophecy, we learn that the false prophet, the leader of the harlot church, will commission a statue of the Antichrist. When is he going to do this? During the 42 months. One of the six actions of the false prophet described in the 666 Antichrist prophecy is that he will commission a statue of the beast. So here it says they had not worshipped the beast or his statue. So then this cannot possibly be talking about believers who were beheaded in 100 A.D., or believers who were beheaded in 2022 or 2023, this can only be talking about believers, Christians, who are here on this present earth during the time of the wrath of Satan. And it all lines up because the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation, is a time of tribulation for those who are team Jesus. So what happens to some who are team Jesus? It says they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. Then it says they all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. So every person who dies in Christ will live again. You say, well, live again where? Live again on this present earth. Now, anyone who dies in Christ has perfect continuity of life and lives continuously. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who die in Christ. So there's no absence of existing. There's no discontinuity of uh, mind, will, and emotions. There's no discontinuity of the spirit. There's only discontinuity with the body. This body, the body you're in, the body I'm in, it's a a mortal body. It's a 
temporary body. It's version one of the body. It's not the final version for those who are in Christ. We await our peak performance body uh, that we'll put on. First Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us about that. Okay, so we're talking about the seven plagues prophecy. The wrath of God is the seven plagues. The great tribulation is a time of great tribulation. It's the wrath of Satan for those who are team Jesus. The wrath of Satan is an appointed time of great distress for those who are team Jesus. The seven plagues is an appointed judgment for those who are team Satan. So the seven final plagues are going to be, when they are poured out, a time of great distress for those who are team Satan. The great tribulation will be a time of great distress for those who are team Jesus. So how does this play out chronologically? First, there's the wrath of Satan. It's limited. His flunkies, who are his flunkies, the Antichrist and the false prophet, their leadership, their authority is finite. It's limited to that 1,260 days, those 42 months, and the wrath of Satan is the beginning of the end. The wrath of Satan is followed by the wrath of God. Now let's go to the wrath of God. We've talked about the wrath of Satan. We've established that it's limited in duration to a finite period of time. The wrath of Satan is carried out by his flunkies, the Antichrist and the false prophet. During the wrath of Satan, the Great Tribulation, the mark of the beast will be available And those who belong to this world will take the mark of the beast on their foreheads or on their hands, as described in Revelation chapter 13. That's the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Now, after the great tribulation, the wrath of Satan, we have the seven final plagues, which is the wrath of God. Now, as you're about to hear, the wrath of God is for those who are team Satan. Revelation 16, verse 1 says, Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. And we're told, talking about the wrath, We're talking about the wrath in Revelation 13. That God has control over all these plagues. We're going to hear that in a moment. It's in verse 9. I just want to highlight a few things. God has control over all these plagues. In Revelation 
chapter 16, verse 9, it says, God, who had control over all these plagues. And earlier, it says, in Revelation 16, verse 4, you have sent these judgments. So when we look at the wrath of God, let us understand that God is in control of these final plagues. And these final plagues have been sent by God. And these final plagues are judgments. God is not judging with the seven final plagues those who are team God, those who are team Jesus. He is judging those who are team Satan, those who have participated in, those who have supported the war against Israel and the war against Christians during the Great Tribulation. Let's hear the specific scriptures that explain all of this. Verse 2, we're continuing in Revelation 16. Verse 2 says, so the first angel left the temple. This is the temple in heaven. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth. That's here where we are. And horrible malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. So the first, the first final plague is a cancerous sore. And this cancer is a judgment of God. And God sends cancer not to those who love him, not to those who are team Jesus. He sends cancer to those who are team Satan. How do we know? It says malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast. No believer will take the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is for those who belong to this world. Now, if you are a believer and you take the mark of the beast, then you're defecting. You're defecting from Team Jesus to Team Satan. Don't take the mark of the beast if you want to be a part of God's forever family. If you want to transition from mortality to immortality. If you want to put on your incorruptible glorified body, you must refuse the mark of the beast when it is available to you and to me. Malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. So again, this judgment, a malignant sore, comes upon those who are team Satan, specifically those who during the time, during the 42 months of the Great Tribulation, those who choose to take the mark of the beast, they're wearing uh, the counterfeit mark, instead of getting the mark of God that will go on the forehead of every believer as described in Revelation 22, verse 4, and in uh, Revelation chapter 3, instead of waiting for and getting the mark of God, the true mark, on their forehead, some individuals will take the counterfeit. They'll take the mark of the beast and worship the statue of the Antichrist, which will be commissioned by the false prophet. Now, what's the second judgment of God? Let's hear it. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and everything in the sea died. Now, this is interesting. 
God is doing something to try to give people the big picture. To try to give people the big picture. Let's continue. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. So the second and third plague are essentially the same thing. Water, which is salted. So sea, all the seas become, it says, like blood. And then for the third plague, all of the water that's fresh, so the rivers and the springs, they become like blood. It says, and they became blood. In Revelation chapter 16, verse 4. Now why, why is the judgment to turn water to blood? Well, we're given an explanation. Continuing in verse 5, it says, verse 5 of chapter 16, And I heard the angel who had authority over all water saying, You are just, O holy one, who is and who always was, because you have sent these judgments since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets. You have given them blood to drink. It is their just reward. And I heard a voice from the altar saying, Yes, O Lord, God the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. So God says, During the great tribulation, God observed. his holy people and his prophets. And so the consequence, the consequence, the judgment, the reward. So those three words are saying the same thing here. It says it is their just reward. And it says you have sent these judgments. So the consequence is a judgment. And they are rewarded for their taking the blood of God's people during the Great Tribulation with God giving them blood. So they kill God's holy people. And so God says, you have given me blood. I am going to give you blood. Now let's continue. And I, verse 8, Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Now this is the very first verse that caused me to believe that the wrath of God happens after the first resurrection, but before the battle of Armageddon. Now, it's interesting because the first resurrection is described in Revelation 14, and the Battle of Armageddon is described in Revelation 19. Here we are in Revelation 16. This is the very first verse that caused me to believe that the wrath of God happens after the first resurrection. Let's hear it again. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Now, everyone means everyone. So if uh, if it said most people, 
everyone except those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's another part in the Book of Revelation where it says everyone except those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But here it doesn't say that. It says that everyone is scorched with the fire of the sun. Then it goes on. There's a double down. Everyone was burned by this blast of heat. So the wrath of God is for those who are team Satan. So this everyone cannot possibly include believers. It says everyone was burned by this blast of heat. And then you might say, well, maybe it might. Or believers, what if we're here? Um, Well, but it says it caused everyone. And then it says everyone was burned by this blast of heat. And they cursed the name of God who had control over all these plagues. They did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. So no believer is cursing the name of God. And believers, certainly we we repent of our sins. That's step one. Step one of salvation is repentance. Okay, let's continue. Verse 10. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. So the fifth plague is, again, for those who are team Satan, the headquarters of the Antichrist will have a blackout. God will cause a blackout. Now, sometimes, particularly during the summer here in the United States, there are blackouts. What's the cause of the blackouts? I don't know. People have different theories about that. I don't know. We're told here in the Bible that when the blackout comes to the headquarters of the Antichrist, after the Great Tribulation, that this is because it is a judgment of God. Now, what else happens uh, in the same timing after the blackout comes to the headquarters of the Antichrist? It says his subjects, who are his subjects? His subjects are those who are Team Satan, those who have taken the mark of the beast, those who have worshipped the statue, his subjects ground their teeth in anguish. God's people were not in anguish. It says his subjects ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores. But they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Now, why do they have pains and sores? They have the cancerous sores in their mouths, and they have pain from uh, the sun scorching their bodies. Maybe they have sores from that too, I don't know. Verse 12, then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River, and it dried up. Now, the sixth plague is God drying up the Euphrates River supernaturally and the gathering of all the armies under the leadership of the Antichrist and the kings of the world who are going to fight against Jesus during the Battle of Armageddon. So God gathers his opposing team to the precise location where the Battle of Armageddon will be fought and won by Jesus Christ. Let's hear it in its entirety. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River, and it dried up so that the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance. 
and I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them for battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God the Almighty. So they're going to walk, they're going to traverse. I'm saying they're going to walk. It says they're going to march their armies. So I'm thinking marching means walking, but whatever exactly marching means, they're going to traverse the path of the Euphrates River because it will be dry. It will have been dried up supernaturally as a result of the sixth and final plague. So that's the drying up of the Euphrates River supernaturally and the traversing of the armies that will fight in the Battle of Armageddon against Team Jesus. It's them coming to exactly where God wants them to be. Let's hear the end of this prophecy. Look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their clothing ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. Now, what happens at the end? What's the end of God's wrath with respect to these seven final plagues? It is judgment. It's the reward for the headquarters of the harlot church. What happens to the headquarters of the harlot church? Uh, This is the church that will promote the one world religion supported by the one world government, the ten-nation alliance that will dominate economic affairs. Not every nation will be under the leadership of the Antichrist. But many nations, many nations will be influenced. Ten nations will be a part of the one world government that dominates economic and political affairs. So the seventh final plague, as you're about to hear, It happens immediately prior to the Battle of Armageddon, and it is a judgment, a consequence of wrong actions for the headquarters of the Harlot Church. Let's hear it. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple, saying, It is finished. Then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed, and a great earthquake struck, the worst since people were placed on the earth. The great city of Babylon split into three sections. Let me pause there. So in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, which we'll be talking about here on PGN, in the month of August, every program here on Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish will be about the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy We're going to learn exactly using proof provided by the Bible. We're going to learn exactly uh, what the city of Babylon is. Where is that city? But for now, let's hear what it says in this prophecy. The great city of Babylon split into three sections, and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So at the same time that the headquarters of the Harlot Church that that city is split into three sections, there are going to be cities elsewhere in the world that fall into heaps of rubble. But God is focused on the headquarters of the Harlot Church. It says, so God remembered all of Babylon's sins. 
And he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island disappeared, and all the mountains were leveled. There was a terrible hailstorm, and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. They cursed God because of the terrible plague of the hailstorm. Now, here's another scripture, verse 21, that causes me to believe that the wrath of God happens It happens before the Battle of Armageddon, but after the first resurrection. You say, well, why do you think that? I think that because here in verse 21 it says, there was a terrible hailstorm, and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. Now, hailstones falling onto the people below doesn't mean that God's people are injured. God could cause supernaturally every believer to be protected from the hailstorm. Absolutely, he could do that. That's not, that would not be hard for God. He could, uh, he could cause that to happen. He can uh, protect believers from the plagues as he did when the plagues came on Egypt. But what does it say here? There was a terrible hailstorm and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. So it doesn't say onto the people who had the mark of the beast or onto everyone except those who, whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It says onto the people below. Then it says that the people below, the people who are here on the earth, who are below the sky, they cursed God because of the terrible plague. Well, believers don't curse God. Believers praise God. So I want to praise God for you and for your uh willingness, your interest in the book of Revelation, your willingness to give time to hearing the word of God. And thank you, Lord, for blessing us with the book of Revelation. Thank you for your awesome plan of salvation. The Bible says that there's a blessing for those who hear the prophecies of the book of Revelation. So I declare and decree, according to the word of God, that every truth seeker who has listened to Revelation chapter 16 today, I declare and decree according to the word of God that you are blessed. And I encourage you, according to Jeremiah 33.3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.